Building Water listeners. In this series, we're revisiting the latest happenings in the commercial buildings industry and kicking off Xylem's Building Better initiative, the Bell & Gossett brand's commitment to finding solutions to the most critical HVAC and plumbing challenges facing the commercial buildings market today. I'm thrilled to be back at the Air Conditioning, Heating, and Refrigeration Expo for the first time since 2020, recording live from Atlanta. Be sure to subscribe to or stream wherever you get your podcasts for industry insights and lots of interesting updates from longtime Bell & Gossett reps and Xylem experts alike. I'm here today with Rob Grady, President and CEO of Mulcahy Company, and Eugene Mitchell, Principal of McNevin Company. Welcome. Good morning. Thanks for having us. So it's been a few years since I've seen both of you. We were talking earlier, Rob, I saw you at AHR 2020, right before the shutdown. And then Eugene, I saw you in 2019. That's correct. Did a case study out in Vail. That was pretty awesome. That was fun. So I'm just going to ask you, like, how have you been the last three years, four years? It's a it's a difficult uh, question to answer, honestly. it's uh, <clears throat> We're making the most of the opportunities that we have. We're extremely busy. We're understaffed. We're overworked. It's been hot and heavy ever since the uh, the pandemic and the shutdown happened. I don't know. I, I, I just, I guess I couldn't really picture being here when I started 25 years ago. I, I never thought, you know, nobody ever thought that this was gonna happen the way it did. But I, I you know, I think we made lemonade. We made lemons. We, we had lemons, we made lemonade. <laughs> we did the best that we could and, and we're, we're very busy. I, I haven't seen things slow down. So that's supposed to be coming, but I don't see it happening this year. And uh, like a lot of people are saying, maybe next year, but right now, just riding the wave. That's interesting. Are you experiencing the same thing? Yes. Uh, since we last talked, we've had a significant amount of change in Mulcahy. We went live with our new CRM and ERP system and became an ESOP on the same day. That was just before we last spoke. And then, of course, the pandemic hit just after we last spoke. Um, the last three years have been uh, challenging, but in a pretty positive way. In addition to all that, we've been extremely busy, especially in 2022. We've been living the same life that everybody else has as it relates to the constraints and supply chain. Uh, Fortunately today, most, if not all, I would say of the restrictions from COVID are gone. Um, We've enjoyed a a great deal of success um, getting uh, staff. We're fully staffed right now, minus one, but that was, um, I think by the time I get back to the office, we'll be back there. Um, We've had a lot of luck in that regard with referrals and um, just been working to grow our business, both in terms of our core business, which is hydronics, but also expanding uh, into other areas of HVAC where we have expertise that's untapped and and provides an opportunity for us to um, reach a a broader market. It's it's interesting because, you know, a lot of people would expect the response to be, well, COVID just really dampened everything, right? nobody's got work nobody can do anything however in the water business whether it's in HVAC or you know water utilities other parts of the water business it's just been gangbusters like really busy so that's good but before we get into more of the discussion I want to back up a little bit for our listeners and just ask you guys to kind of talk about your companies where they're located um, what you do that kind of thing so that 
we can get into the rest of the conversation then. All right. Well, um, McNevin Company is located right outside of Denver, Colorado. <clears throat> Manufacturers rep agency. We've been in business for over 60 years. We've been the Bell & Gossett representative that entire time. We basically were known as a pump company for a very, very, very long time. Um, my purpose at the last at least 20 years has been to kind of get that focus and that, I guess, focus of being just a pump company out of people's minds. I, I want to sell pumps. That's our bread and butter business. But just as Rob just touched on, we're, we're expanding. We're, we're growing. We have to grow. We have to grow with new products. We have to grow with boilers and we have to get in the heat pump business. We have to keep expanding and uh, really try and provide solutions at a broader level uh, to our customers. But uh, yeah, that's the McNevin story pretty much. Um, Okay, Company is based uh, just outside of St. Paul in Minnesota. We cover the, both the Dakotas, Minnesota, and western Wisconsin. Like Eugene mentioned, we've been around since 1929. Uh, I've been with the company for a little over eight years now. Uh, the, the business started as a pump company. I think Mulcahy certainly now is viewed more as a hydronics company. That's a transition that started before I was here. But uh, we have a really strong presence in the marketplace with uh, all things hydronics. And um, that's been a pretty powerful thing for us because, it, to Eugene's point, it's allowed us to diversify even further and grow with a mindset in the marketplace that we have the capabilities to provide more value to our customers beyond just um, a boiler and a pump. And that's been really exciting. And, and in addition to that, some of our customers are, are so in tune to that that we get a lot of people leaving those companies and coming to work for us, which I try very hard not to do. But um, we have a great reputation in the market for being a great employer. We are 100% employee-owned now. Um, that is uh, new as of a little over three years ago. And that's been really exciting in terms of how that's affected the culture and how we've been able to leverage that tool, especially as it matures now, into growing our business and engaging. You said you're very busy, you're growing, you're expanding into new. So can you tell me a little bit about how the last three years have sort of shaped where you're headed now? So like, what are the challenges that you're seeing? What are the changes that you've had to make either good, bad, or otherwise? I I think the big change is, I think we talked previously about workforce dynamics. That's been the, the toughest challenge that I've been presented with and trying to find a solution for. Um, finding the right employee, finding a motivated employee, finding an employee that will show up on time and uh, really be passionate has been a challenge for us. And, and due to that, we are asking more of our employees to do more things. And that is a, a ripple effect that really affects morale. Trying to keep people upbeat and positive has been a really, really big challenge for us. And we have to figure out a way to find a better solution. I'm passionate about what I do. You're passionate about everything, <laughs> Eugene. And, and, and I, you know, I try to instill that in the employees at McNevin, and I've been successful with it. But the last three years, I've been very unsuccessful with it. I mean, COVID sort of has driven this. It's not a. Yeah, it's not like that, an aging workforce situation or lack of engineers. I mean, the COVID thing started, and um, that brought the the whole remote working thing. Uh, and now all new employees want to work remote, and we—I don't like that. It's just—I'm not a fan of it. Uh, we tried it; it failed. Um, I didn't think that our people were working 
as hard as they could be in an office environment, I wasn't working as hard as I do in the office. I mean, when the pandemic started, it was gangbusters. I loved working from home. It was amazing. Six months, I was, it was so much fun. I loved it. And then after the first six months, my phone would ring and I'd be like, why are, why are people calling me? Like, I don't, I don't, people just leave me alone. Like I, I couldn't deal with it. And that's when we were like, we need to get back to the office stat, like as soon as, as possible. And um, I think that that's really a big challenge is the remote thing. They changed everything for us, changed everything. What about you, Rob? I mean, not remote working specifically, <laughs> no, but some of the challenges that you're the, seeing with the workforce. The challenges have been the same. The pandemic forced every business to adapt. Some areas that have been positive and others that have been a challenge. What I've tried to do and what we've tried to do as a team over the last couple of years, I mean, everybody got so fatigued, like Eugene was just talking about, about working from home, that they were desperate to come back into the office. But the mindset now is that there is this flexibility, and we've invested in our infrastructure to help with that, our modifying our phone system. This was pre-pandemic, but going live with the ERP and CRM systems that are cloud-based three months before everything shut down was, was a, had a real positive impact and, and allowed our people to work, which stressed them out less. So as a result, now though, what, what I've had to do is look at how the marketplace is changing as it relates to the workforce, the workforce's needs, and making sure that we remain engaged and, and competitive, uh, introducing things like a hybrid work from home policy. Uh, and and um, we did have an aging workforce. We've had a ton of new hires over the last, even over the last six months because of retirees and people moving on. And we're pretty stable now in that regard. But it's been, it's been exciting for me personally to help manage that process around what I'm very uh, passionate about, which is maintaining our culture, which I think is the key, I know is the key to um, our success with our customers and why people stay. And so when I think about what we did with the work from home policy, our culture would fall apart if everybody was gone because we're so team oriented. But at the same time, I have to be respectful of the idea. So we have a, a tiered uh, work from home policy that we use that allows people to work from home at least one day a week, sometimes up to two days a week, and that's been helpful. The other things that we've had to do as a result of the pandemic, increased inventory, our inventory um, jumped quite a bit, uh, about 20 or 25 percent versus pre-pandemic levels, because we needed to be able to respond and react when the suppliers couldn't deliver, because their suppliers couldn't deliver. So that's another area. Our working capital um, shifted a little bit. It was high. And with interest rates now high, that's something we have to look more closely at because the money was cheap for us to invest in that. And all those things are now settling off. We're in a good spot. And now I kind of, what keeps me up at night is, okay, what's next? How do I continue to evolve? Because it's not just, there's no finish line here. The world and the marketplace is constantly changing. So you're experiencing these challenges like within McNevin and Mulcahy. But now what are you seeing in the industry where you're located, some of those challenges, um, or maybe it's just general across the board? I do recall when we last spoke three years ago that one of the things I brought up was a workforce that um, at the trade levels that was thin, the benches were clear. That is even more true now. That brings a challenge for increased cost, not just at a manufacturing level, but at the, the, the installation level. And um, it also puts more demand on us as a business because the expertise isn't there anymore. Um, what, what 
people did have that expertise have aged out and there aren't a lot of new ones coming in. So we've focused a lot on training, customer training at the contractor level and even at the engineering level and had to, and, and our customers have relied more on us for some of that supplementary service that we need to do. That's certainly been uh, one of the bigger strains on our business as it relates to what we just talked about, about workforce challenges and what I talked about three years ago, which hasn't gotten any better. Yeah, that's a great point. Building on that a little bit. Projects, commercial projects, especially uh, school retrofit projects have been really, really challenging for contractors. Um, you know, they, they try to get that work done during the summertime, right? Number one, it's tough to get material right now. Number two, since the benches are clear, since there there's a lack of labor, we're seeing these school retrofit projects. The bidding is happening almost a year in advance because there's not enough contractors to do the work. And it's, it's crazy doing, I mean, bidding a summer elementary school retrofit project almost a year in advance of when the work is going to get done is something I thought I'd never, I, I mean, nothing, you know, it's crazy. Why do you think you're so much busier in the last few years and now than you were maybe prior to the shutdown? A few things. So we were not, we actually went backwards a little bit in 21 and recovered all of that and more in 22. Some of that is government investment. Um, especially with schools. Hospitals has been a huge segment for us to grow our business. Casinos, as it turns out, has also been a huge segment for us. I just think that, like everything else, people were had all this money. I mean, we as consumers had all this money we were saving because we weren't traveling, we weren't going out to dinner. And now when a building owner or facilities manager is looking at their aged equipment, instead of saying, well, I'm just going to continue to repair this thing because I don't want to spend it now, the money came out. And so that's why I think our business grew. Um, we've also tried to be more innovative and create some more initiative about engaging with customers even through all that and supporting our customers when they couldn't support themselves because of a scattered workforce. That's what helped make Mulcahy successful and capture more of that business. One thing that, that we really <clears throat> focus on at McNevin is what, what I like to call the, uh, the 12th man, which is our warehouse. And uh, we have a 30,000 square foot plus warehouse where we store equipment on projects really really helped us it's huge value added for us uh, we bring every project as long as we can if the pro if the product isn't too large to fit in the door we bring it into our warehouse it's an insured warehouse there's a lack of storage at job sites so we bill and hold the material for the contractor and they work out of our warehouse they come and pick it up in stages however they want to do it that helped immensely in uh, 2020 and 2021 because of cost escalations. We were able to push submittals through faster, get orders in-house faster, and avoid price escalations for our contractors because we could hold the material for them. So that really, really helped, and that value added has been a huge help for our contractors and our customers. I want to make a comment about that because when I first toured McNevin, I was really impressed at that idea. Um, that's not something Mulcahy has the floor space, space to do, though we're hoping to change that here in the next year. But our warehouse 
um, like McNevins, has been a key part of our ability to grow our business. The, the, the team out there is amazing, but we are building more pumps, as an example, today than we have ever built. In fact, we've, we've reached a choke point where we have to hire an additional person to help with us. We're looking at investing in additional equipment. And that additional inventory I mentioned earlier has almost gone all completely into kits. And while I can't speak directly to our competitors and I never sell against our competitors, we are large and I think we have a little bit more ability to respond in that way. So whereas Armstrong, Tanko, Bell & Gossett, all of our manufacturers, whatever the segment, even yeah. boilers, although obviously we don't build those, where we all might be facing the same challenges as a manufacturer, Mulcahy as the rep has been able to jump the line, build it, and to Eugene's point, build it in a way that protects some of the pricing that has was constantly coming, the price increases, by using existing inventory that we already invested in. So that's where some of our growth has come to, a lot of our growth. We've talked about workforce challenges, now the cost, and just what you're seeing from the contractor's perspective, but you're gonna make any me other say trends? It, you? You're going to make do me it. say it. Do it. I don't want to say it. Say it's a four-letter word. Yeah. Decarbonization. Yeah. I don't want to talk about it, though. I'll, I mean, honestly, hard pass. <laughs> 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 I knew you were going to go there. Um, well, I have it. I had a question, and I was going to save that for our friend later. He'll be able to talk about that on a broader scale. From a territory perspective, decarbonization in Minnesota and the Dakotas is still it is is talked about like it is everywhere else. But we're so cold where we are that the solutions for that aren't necessarily there, though they're coming, to provide um, alternative energy uh, mandates in the market. I did just see an article this week where Excel, the state of Minnesota is going to mandate that Excel Energy, I think it was 100% of all of their energy production has to come from renewable resources uh, by 2040. I could be misquoting that, but it was whatever it was, it was very shocking. At a, at a building level, though, we have not seen a lot of that yet, and that's uh, fortunately good for us. But as a business, we are we are trying to stay ahead of it. Water conservation is another one I just talked about at a, at, um, at an advisory board that you're seeing in places like Las Vegas and California, um, Utah, where water consumption is and water usage is a key point, especially in those markets that are very hard hit. Um, we have 10,000 lakes, so cooling towers and hydronic systems and how that water is utilized even though it's some of the most efficient technology out there just like a gas boiler is one of the most efficient technologies out there versus an electric per se uh, as an example yeah we're selling electric boilers but we have no choice the install base was all ripped out in the 80s it's not new technology it's it's old technology it's archaic but Using a, selling, oven, <laughs> using a toaster oven, using a toaster to heat your building, to heat the water to heat your building. But, but we're, we're selling them. And, uh, I mean, we just sold uh, three very, very large electric boilers on a high-rise building in Denver, 300-pound working pressure. I couldn't believe it. I mean, I, I can believe the sale aspect of it. I'm, I'm, you know, figured, I was hoping that we would get the sale. I just never thought that I'd see boilers that large specified on a project again after the install base was ripped out. Okay, let's get to the fun stuff, which is um, projects you're working on either now or you recently worked on really like interesting installations, um, kind of cool stuff you're seeing. I, w- I want to talk about the Vale Health project. That was 20, that wrapped in September 21, if I recall. And just talk about the experience and and just anything that you think has been like interesting or kind of cool. I guess this speaks to a broader audience, but 
Colorado ski resort business is it's interesting. It's it's unique. The construction it probably may be similar to what Rob experiences with a colder climate, but uh, construction in mountain projects, ski resort projects in Colorado, really can only happen during the shoulder months, and it's it really I guess kind of it limits how fast these projects can get built. We had a uh, casino that we built up or that we supplied pumps on up in Blackhawk and it's a large building in that's dug into a mountain and all the equipment was on the penthouse level. So it couldn't be delivered to the job site for over a year. We held it going back to what I just talked about. We built it and held it in our warehouse at, you know, value added and really helped out that contractor. We actually had the material for almost 18 months uh, before it could go out there. So mountain construction is very challenging. There's only one in one way in one way out. Okay. And you can't do it during the winter. You can't do it when it's cold. So the Vail project was a prime example of that. We held the material at McNevin until they were ready for it. And it was a very, very long time. We held, we also hold the warranty on anything that's stored for that long. So whether the manufacturer covers the warranty or McNevin covers the warranty, we still have to take care of that aspect of it. That's another challenging aspect of a job that has that long of a, of a construction schedule. And I've I've driven through Blackhawk before. I've not spent any real time there, but I didn't think there was a place to put any more buildings because it's so it's like in a narrow ravine sort of. It is. It's like a um, it's a, like a canyon. It's a, you're like inside of a canyon, and this was a, an Ameristar casino, and it was I think 18 stories, uh, and that's I mean it's stands it stands out like a sore thumb just put it that way that that building <laughs> that whole that whole town is just kind of you're just driving through beautiful scenic mountains and then you just come around the bend and it's like casinos and yeah. reminds it me just, it sounds like deadwood because i've driven through deadwood it's i've never pretty similar what about you rap uh, we cool you've been working on lately yeah we had a, we just actually got featured on a project um with the unique uh, cooling tower application that uh, was, it's not a very sexy casino, but uh, it was a uh, country club in South Dakota, a golf country club. And um, this was piggybacking on, on water conservation. They were looking for a solution that used less water, um, and uh, but they were still focused on hydronics. So we sold, and, and I don't want to make this a sales pitch, of course, but um, we're the BAC representative, and we sold uh, their adiabatic cooler for the application. So that uses essentially wet pads rather than uh, streaming water to for the application. Um, it was a little more expensive, but with cost of ownership, uh, we got the pumps, the boilers, and that and that app, uh, the the cooling tower, if you will. That was um, sort of a neat opportunity for us to showcase our capabilities and uh, also provide a cost of ownership savings. That is another trend that's coming up in terms of both not just the conservation of water or or utilities, but also um, just lower cost to, uh, of the equipment. Interesting. Yeah. It's cool. What else? Any Anything else you guys want to talk about in terms of What's just going on in the industry, what you're seeing close to home? I'm always a people first um, person in terms of how I approach anything, whether that's the business and the, and the 65 employees at Mulcahy or our customers or whatever. And, and um, 
you know, we started this conversation talking about the challenges with the pandemic and life afterward, which the pandemic in terms of the, the physical toll is, is for the most part behind us. And obviously there's lasting effects, but um, masks, ma mask mandates and all those things are gone. So now the focus is uh, how has the world changed as a result of that? And, and I just think that the biggest thing that we've found success with is that people first mentality. How can we make it better for our employees to come to work every day? How do we make it easier for our customers? Which if you do the first thing, usually the second thing falls in line. And especially to what Eugene was talking about, how with a strained workforce because the unemployment is as low as it's ever been, um, how do you make sure you keep people uh, from burning out? And that, you, you, to me, that's the most important thing versus keeping an employee, which of course is important, but I would hate to keep an employee and work them to the bone. So as this business unfolds further from a post-pandemic world, that's going to be my focus for the next several years in terms of a key strategy to our growth. That's great. Yeah, I echo 100%. It's all about people. And uh, McNevin is, as I talked about earlier, we're trying to find a solution and a way to do that and, and a way to, to, to keep our customers happy. Is that pretty much across the board though, right? It's not just Mulcahy and McNevin that are experiencing. So from the other side of it, this, I've always wondered this about Wall Street as well. I, I think I asked our IR guy once on um, a podcast about, well, why does Wall Street expect companies to perform in such a way when the entire world is reeling from the effects of COVID. So what, do you know what I mean? Like what is the, how can they have that expectation knowing that there are all these things at play that everybody's experiencing? So it would be interesting for me to talk to from the contractor perspective or the building owner. I know you want to get this project going, but whether they go with you or another company, are they getting the same news? Like, is it pretty much just ubiquitous? Do you know what I mean? It's bad. I mean, I think it goes back to the, the, the people thing. It goes yeah. back to the people and the relationships. We're relationship people. All right. We've built our business on relationships and, and selling top tier products. Um, there's... If the relationship, it, it can only last so long though, right? I mean, it keeps, we keep selling on relationships. We keep getting business, but we keep delivering bad news. How long, how long can, we, can we keep doing that? Yeah, I think everybody likes to talk generically supply chain. And across the board, it is constrained. But each manufacturer, regardless of the entity, has its unique challenges. For example, just in our market and, and the reps, the manufacturers we represent, ABB is a variable frequency drive manufacturer, and everybody knows that the chip shortage is one of the biggest challenges globally that we face. So they're going to be hit harder than, say, Bell & Gossett, who has a different set of challenges and are still going to get hit hard, but and they are dealing with the chip uh, shortage as well as they from their suppliers their challenge was, was a lot of the factory shutdowns in China and getting some of those source the, the products that, and components that they source there but it all trickles down to whoever has to tell the customer this thing that's what Eugene's talking about so I think and I'm not a Wall Street expert by any stretch of the imagination but there is an expectation 
on us as principals and, and business managers or by Wall Street and everybody else. Okay, this is what you're faced with. You can't use an excuse. You got to move on. You got to you got to figure it out. And so when you hear about these stories about what Wall Street might say or not say, and I'm speaking you know very abstractly, uh, I think that that's the mentality that the 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 business has this going concern that whoever's in charge of that business needs to uh, adapt to based on whatever is facing them. Oh, that makes sense. It's just stressful. Yeah, it's stressful. Sure. Well, I really appreciate you guys sitting down with me today. I have a question, final question for you both, so you can... Um, pass. <laughs> no, you can't pass on this one. <laughs> um, but it's a question I ask all of our guests on Solving Water. So I'll start with you, Eugene. Um, what is the most important thing you've learned in the water business so far? Right? So far, like over the last 25 years? Yeah. Wow. Um... I guess I've learned uh, patience. Um, I'm not a patient person by any stretch. I've learned over the last 25 years, I've learned to grow thicker skin and be more patient. There's no right answer. It's just, a, I mean, and I've, and Brett doesn't even recall, but I asked you the same question three years ago. So. Remember. Your answer in, would be different potentially today. And I was inside my head trying to come up with an answer. <laughs> it's fantastic. Um, I don't remember what I said three years ago, but I do know that today uh, my answer would be about um, reactivity, speed of business. The first part of my career was spent with uh, in capital equipment, and the sales cycles were a lot longer, years, not just to get the order but then to deliver it. And um, the transactions are a lot higher in this part of the business than they are from what I'm used to. So in my eight years, uh, being in the water business and working for Mulcahy, that's definitely been a piece of it. And the reason it's important to me to recognize that is because, like I said before, um, I need to make sure that as I manage Mulcahy, that the people who are responsible for executing that stuff directly um, have all the tools they need, not just the tools they need to deliver whatever is in front of them, but also the tools they need to decompress after they do it. Um, especially in the last three years with the high pressure and stress that's come from working in vast differences, distances, excuse me, virtually um, with a customer base that still demands, and rightly so, to get what they ask for and what they order. So, yeah, definitely reactivity is uh, and being um, an initiative are, are things that uh, I've learned a lot about, especially in the last three years. Wow, those are really fun, powerful answers. We, we haven't had those before. I'd like to change uh, like my that. answer. Okay. No, I'm just joking. Oh. <laughs> this is, see, the problem now is that now we get asked like all the time. This is how we get on all these damn committees. <laughs> That's right. That's right. You, that was really insightful. How would you like to do this? <laughs> yep. Um, well, yeah, because you'll definitely come back on a podcast, right, for me? Sure. There I'm we a, go. I got to do a hat trick at least. <laughs> All right. Well, um, appreciate you, you both for being here and taking time. I know AHR is a busy time, um, and it's probably the first one we've all been to in quite a while. So enjoy the rest of the show. Have a, a good a good trip and come come back on the pod. Will do. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having us. Many thanks to our Solving Water audience for tuning into this episode in our series of podcasts live from AHR 2023 in Atlanta. 
I'd also like to thank all the Bell & Gossett reps and Xylem experts who participated for making the time for me at the show. Links to more info for each show will be included in individual episode show notes. Tell me what you think of our Solving Water podcast by contacting me, Amanda Holloway, directly at amanda.holloway at xylem.com or find me on LinkedIn. Thank you.